Colton fans' lids are off after a one-point win against the Hawks. The Power have their pants pulled down in dramatic fashion in the showdown. And Freo win the Derby. This, this is, is the Drew the Footy, Footy Show. Hey, long road, took a tumble down this black hole. Stuck in Sunday League, but I'm on levels with Ronaldo. Hello, you plonkers, and welcome back to the Drew Footy Show, episode two. Round three, Jesse. For the first time ever, I missed the Drew Footy Show upload since starting this series. And in the first week, I made a really funny joke at the start of the episode that you were in isolation due to being a close contact. Fast forward a week, and I actually have COVID, and I'm feeling real sorry for myself. But nevertheless, welcome to the Drew Footy Show, Jesse. How are we, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, mate. Caught up on my sleep after um, after that round of footy. Unfortunately, got home. Uh, at like nine o'clock on a Sunday night. I tell you what, the Sunday time slot for any game, let alone a derby, is absolute shit house. Yeah, it's not great, is it? No. And I saw a thing today. It was like, why don't they just run the derby and the showdown on the Friday night? Like Melbourne and Essendon played on the Friday. Why not just have both derbies? Double derby could be nice instead of the Sunday Arvo time slot when everyone's already footied out. Chuck it on the Friday night. Make it a spectacle. That's what I reckon. Yeah, they love drawing out their footy by having the Perth games later on a Sunday, so there's like longer football rounds, if that makes sense. So yeah. that's why they do it. But it sucks for us as fans. I had to start at five uh, this morning at work, so I completely couldn't even do my own video. But here we are. Yeah, we got a Saturday night game. We got GWS this week, but we'll talk about the round three fixtures first. Make sure you're following Drew Footy underscore on Instagram to get involved in next week's show. But let's start it off with Bloke of the Week. Bloke of the Week this week goes to multiple blokes. Blokai, I think, is the plural. Blokes. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Neil Erasmus fan club at the Derby behind the goals. They were causing a ruckus, Jesse, chanting, Oh, Neil Erasmus. Oh, Neil Erasmus. As well as classics such as, Ooh. Ah, Tavana. Ooh, ah, Tavana. They brought the vibes to the Derby, Jesse, and I'm all about it. You know, Optus is often compared to a library in terms of the noise levels at Frio games, and especially for an away Derby, I liked the, the vibes that they brought. Did you come into contact with these boys at the game? Uh, I did hear a, a gaggle of what looked like school children wearing Fremantle jumpers making <laughs> quite a noise behind me. So uh, they weren't sitting anywhere near me, but they walked past me at one point, and uh, yes, yes, they were uh, very... Uh, what's the word? Flamboyant? <laughs> That's not the right word at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Neil Erasmus. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Neil Erasmus fan clubs, you are the blocus of the week, eh? Blocus of the weakest, as they said in Rome. So other than the Neil Erasmus fan club, Jesse, let's just talk about the actual game. Dockers versus West Coast, and Dockers get the dub. Ha ha ha! Sucked in all of that jazz. We don't like each other's football clubs. Take that, you plonker. 55 point win by the Docker boys. And to be honest, Jesse, I don't know how you saw it at the ground, but I, I wasn't too impressed by Frio's game. I thought West Coast were on demand, and we still made it pretty hard work in that first half in particular. And I, I don't know, I just thought the intensity was very, very low. The pressure wasn't high. It wasn't the overall, like, yes, great 55-point win. It left a lot to be desired for me personally. Um, how did you see the game unfold with Optus? Yeah, I guess Fremantle didn't really blow it out of the park. Um, there was a period of the game where they, I feel like Freo really worked into it. Obviously, the Eagles were a bit more competitive in that in that first half or quarter and a half, um, but ultimately just couldn't run with Freo. So it's a hard one to assess. I think even though you were playing uh, a pretty underdone and undermanned team, you did have a few outs of your own. So 
uh, particularly in that midfield. You've you got to sort of take that into context as well. Missing like Darcy, um, Fife, Mundy and Sarong all out from the midfield at the same time. So uh, you can give them a bit of a mulligan for not playing top gear. But obviously, I think I think with Freo's expectations this year, probably they've still got a bit of work to do to get up to, you know, that finals quality, which I think Freo fans think is there. <laughs> Yeah, well, some do. It was a real clash of the titans in the midfield all day, Jesse. I'll go through our midfield first. You got Lloyd Meek tapping it down to Will Brody, Nathan Driscoll, Neil Erasmus, and Andy Brayshaw, who was tagged in the first half. And then on the West Coast side, you've got Jackson Nelson, uh, Jermaine Jones. Was he in there? Ah, uh, times, Gaff yeah. And Redden, yeah, yeah, and Gaff. So that would be the worst midfield clash of the Derby since I can remember watching it. But um. Didn't matter. Dockers won. So that's all that matters, bro. And we got some questions from the, the Plonkers at home. Uh, from Frio Hub. Are Frio now finally the Supreme WA team, Jesse? I am actually still not convinced yet, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if we can read too much into that game. Like, it may well be the case. But I, I just think, you know, we didn't learn anything from that, anything from that game in that sense. I'm still, op- yeah. I'm still optimistic, so... I still think we, you know, two fully fit teams, we win the game. But that, that's coming from an Eagles fan. Um, I, you know, hopefully in the second derby we get a bit of read when, you know, hopefully both teams actually have some players to pick from. I reckon if you had your best 22 in, you would have beaten us. But we'll take that. Two wins against West Coast on the trot. Um, there's a question here from Caleb Three Votes. He wants to know, can Freo maintain their good form against competitive teams? We've got GWS this week, Jesse. I reckon we are... If we didn't have a harsh reality check last week against the Saints, we're definitely going to have one against GWS this week. They're a quality outfit, like real good midfield, one of the best midfields in the comp. I feel like we are going to get like really found out. And whatever sense of security we have from a 55-point win against West Coast, I feel like we're going to get blown out of the water this week. Big call. I, I think there's a, there's a fair um, like evenness between St Kilda and GWS. Like I don't think... We have a clear answer on who's better. If anything, I would probably lean towards the Saints uh, in terms of their performances this year. So it, it is a tough one. You highlight their their midfield, which is a good point because uh, I know you'll get Darcy and Sarong back likely, right? Like they were fitness tests to play the uh, Derby. Yeah. Is so it, yeah, maybe that. I think your chances hinge on that a little bit. If Sarong and Darcy are um, both playing, um, I'm, I'm leaning towards Fremantle. But yeah, the Giants definitely have like that talent that they they really pack a punch, and if, if they play well, uh, they will be hard to beat. It's showdown time, Jesse. Adelaide played Port Adelaide on the Friday night, and it was a very very undesirable, that's not the word, lack of desire was what I was looking for there, performance from Port Adelaide. They just didn't look arsed. Like, in the biggest game of their season, they just weren't up for it at all. With the quality on their list compared to Adelaide, you'd expect them to just blow the Crows out of the water. Um, But they just let them back into the game in that second half in particular. The Crows really wanted it, and the Port boys didn't. It come down to a last-second free kick to give Jordan Dawson a kick after the siren. And he's one of the best kicks in the league from what I've seen. I was expecting him to just drill it home. And it was a mongrel kick. Come off his ankle by the looks of it. When it come off his boot, I was like, that's going out on the full. That's terrible. And it just had a nice swing on it. Come back. All a part of the plan. Crows get the dub in the showdown. Jesse, what do you make of the Crows getting the dub in the showdown? And Port in the mud. 
I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't catch a whole lot of the game, so I, I had to play catch up with this one a little bit. You're a, just on that you're kick, a fake. Just on that kick, um, I think the ball just got sucked into the vortex that is, exists at Adelaide Oval. It doesn't matter how badly you kick after the siren to win the game. If it's against Port, the ball's going through the goals. As we saw from <laughs> McGovern, did uh, you know probably a worse flower bag to win a few years ago. But... Um, <laughs> Look, from a Port Adelaide perspective, like, yes, they have their injuries, but, you know, missing a few admittedly key players in um, Dixon, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, uh, and a few that are escaping me right now, but structurally, that they've got a bit of adversity there. That can't be the difference between them and, you know, a, a team that is undoubtedly rebuilding in Adelaide. So, this is a really, really poor result, and I'm sure their fans are well aware of that reality. Um, the Crows have a bit of spunk about them, but to, uh, to ultimately win, win the showdown when the, the power uh, as heavily fancies as they should have been, um, that's a dire result for Port Adelaide. And I think, to answer your question, they are a little bit in the mud. Bit of spunk about Adelaide. Interesting word choice there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was obviously referring Port- to semen. I think one of the worst parts about it, which isn't being spoken about, is Travis Boak had a shot, pretty mm. easy shot, with about two minutes left. Could have put the game to bed. The captain put the team on his back and he failed. And then to go down the other end and lose it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dire times for Port Adelaide. I know if that was the other way around and West Coast kicked a goal to beat Frio after the siren, I would be ropeable. So um, my condolences to all the Port fans out there. Do you reckon Ken Hinckley has taken Port Adelaide as far as they can go? No, I, I don't. I, I think, well, I mean, two prelims in two years is a really, really good effort and they've come against, um, you know, some fucking really good teams. I think we also have to look at their support coaches and Michael Voss has left and now doing really good at things at Carlton. Jared Schofield um, has been there through the successful period of Port Adelaide, um, a successful coach in the Waffle himself. Success seems to follow him and now he's left and gone to West Coast. There's a different dynamic in that, you know, that coaching uh, arena, so to speak. So I, I wouldn't underrate that because uh, the injuries themselves don't explain um, these performances. I, I wouldn't put it all on Hinkley, um, but, you know, he's under a mountain of pressure right now. Yeah, Nathan Buckley was saying on one of his radio shows that, like, just the head coach as the figurehead of the football club is overrated. Yeah. And it made me think, like, there's so, yeah, there's forward coaches, mid coaches, stoppage coaches, all these other people that these players are interacting with on a day to day basis that are going to have an impact as well. So, yeah, that's a good point that you make about the coach that's made the jump to West Coast. Obviously, Voss is at Colt now doing really good things. So, that could be all the difference and all the pressures piling up on Hinkley. Can Port revive their season? Get your comments down below. Oh, and by the way, Port, you are our losers of the week. Yeah. I've got to say that, but yeah, big fat L. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's no real other contender this week, in my opinion. So one of the other Sunday games this week, Drew's, uh, was St Kilda versus Richmond. An interesting clash between uh, two, we think, relatively evenly matched sides. We do have a question on this topic, uh, and, and it's quite a good one from Matt McCann. He says, are the Tigers good? I'm confused. Follow on from that, what do you make of the Saints? And I, I think it's it's a really good question. I, I, they're two teams I really struggle to get a read on. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they're both bipolar sides. Have a real good win one week and then drop on the next. But the St. Kilda win against Frio, I felt, was like a bit of a shifting in the tide. I feel like the players have bought in to that system. And I feel like they beat Richmond at their own game. Like, real high pressure. Every time Richmond made a mistake, St. Kilda were all over the ball. Um, applying pressure. When they got the ball, they are really quick with it. Got it from end to end really nicely. Max King, four goals, three. I think he kicked all of his goals in the last quarter as well. So once he gets hot, he's real hard to stop. 
To be fair, Dylan Grimes did go off injured when he kicked his four, but I'm not going to knock Max King because he's an absolute star. Um, Richmond are a bit of a weird one. It feels like they've their time's gone and they can't find their identity again. Obviously, no Dusty in there at the moment doesn't help, but you can't rely on individual players when there's 18 players on the bloody field. So I don't know where Richmond are at at the moment. What do you make of the Tigers? Yeah, that's uh, it is a tough question. I, I think in my latter prediction, I did predict an up and down season from Richmond, and so far that's uh, not a bad call actually, because you know they they were you know average against Carlton, but you know Carlton are looking good. Uh, they were good against GWS, dare I say it, um, and then ultimately uh, you know not quite as good as the Saints. So um, yeah, the, we see flashes of the the team in a system that you know was so good for so many years, but uh, ultimately they can't quite sustain it. I wonder if the Saints are actually a bit more stable than we're giving them credit for. Because I think in, if you look at, we were pretty critical, including myself, on round one's loss to Collingwood. But since what, since then, what Collingwood's produced has been quite impressive. I think you have to say yeah. so. To then not to win in Perth over Frio, although it was ugly, and then to beat Richmond, um, maybe they're a little bit more stable than we're suggesting. Yeah, definitely. I sort of subscribe to the idea that they've got a lot of bums on their team, but <laughs> they're, they're going well. Like their midfield, Ross Crouch. Uh, Jack Steele in there, Jade Gresham had a really good game. When you got Paddy Ryder and Roel Marshall in there, that's a good one-two ruck combo. Um, went in pretty tall with Jack Hayes in that lineup as well. So, I don't know, they've got a, a lot of players that are starting to stand up and not just be these players that have sort of one good game every month. Like, they're playing some good, consistent stuff at the moment. So, I reckon they're going to they're gonna contend pretty well in the next month or so. They've got Hawthorne this week. That'll be a good game to see where they're at because... Hawthorne are one of the most informed sides in the comp, although they lost on the weekend. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to sort of see where they stack up against a really well-drilled side in the Hawks. Yeah, I, I think I I probably see it slightly differently. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think to answer the question, are Richmond and, uh, and the Saints good? I think, to be honest, for me, they're comfortably outside my top eight. When you look, I think yeah. the top seven at the moment has probably been the seven best performed teams at the moment. Uh, and then I probably reserve the dogs still in my top eight. Uh, and then there's Port Adelaide as well to consider who we maybe we <laughs> maybe they're they're a little bit um, out of the question at the moment. But uh, yeah, Richmond and St Kilda are currently comfortably outside that top eight for me. But maybe they can improve. Jesse, the Drew Footy Show today is brought to the Plonkers by Manscaped.com. Nice. And I'm here to tell you about the lads at Manscaped. Manscaped are the world leaders in below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They've just released the Lawnmower 4.0 onto the market. Jesse, I've used this. I love it. No nicks, no cuts, ceramic blade, LED light. You can see what you're doing. It's just a great product, mate. The best shaver I've ever used. The best shaver on the market. How, how have you found using the Lawnmower 4.0? Well, the old adage is true. No nicks, no cuts on your coconuts. And so far, I've had very good experiences <laughs> with this product, Jersey. Comes with a ball-chafing deodorant as well as a crop preserver. So you've got some liquid formulations there to make below-the-belt smell and look good. Do yourself a favour. Head over to manscaped.com and use code DRUZY20. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Head over to manscaped.com and use code DRUZY20, all caps, no spaces at checkout, for 20% off your order and free shipping. That's DRUZY20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor. Use the best tools for the job. Go shave your nuts.
Make it look good for the ladies, gentlemen. Shave nuts, get the butts. Let's get back into the program. The other Sunday game was Colton versus Hawthorne at the MCG. Colton, the hottest ticket in football at the moment. The hype is real. The lid is off, Jesse. They got a gritty one-point win over the Hawks, so I've been very hot on this season. Actually tipped Hawthorne to win this, and I thought they were going to get home in the end. Narrowly lost by one point. How hot are you on Carlton? Can you lock them in for the top eight this season? Yeah, I think I think we can almost lock them in for the top eight, to be honest. I think they're, the brand of football that they're playing, their ability to score really quickly as well. Uh, what they want to do is, um, you know, cut out those periods where their momentum swings and they can't really um, control the opposition team scoring. And they, they reminded me of a game a couple of years ago. Uh, I think Carlton played Hawthorne in Perth um, during, you know, the COVID period. And I'm pretty sure Carlton got five goals in front and Hawthorne came back and won as well. So I, I saw it coming a little bit. But to answer the question, I think with the top-end quality that Carlton do have, um, they're, you know, the, the ladder doesn't lie at the moment. I think they're third on the ladder or maybe fourth. Um, but they're, they're, that is true to how well they've played and they've had some you know, good opposition as well. So, yeah, f- finals bound for me. Yeah, I said in my nine things that we learned from round three, Carlton, I like watching a drug addict. They have these massive surges. <laughs> they, they get, I don't know what it is. But they, yeah, the first round was against Richmond. It took until the fourth quarter. They burst through mm. and then all the goals started coming. In the second round against the Bulldogs, I think it was the second quarter where they scored all those goals really quick. Mm. They did the same thing in the first quarter against Hawthorne. But then it's those come downs, the, the old come downs. We don't like a come down. And that's when they allowed Hawthorne to get back into the game. If you can hold that lead, for, that you build and continue to just chip away at it, get three goals a quarter. You're going to win games easily. I wonder if that just comes with how hyped the crowd gets when you sort of kick seven or eight goals in a row. And then it's just a bit of a bit of a come down. And they sort of think that they've, they're just going to coast from there. But Hawthorne just chipped away and made a real good contest off of it. Um, I'd like to note Colton's forward line is starting to look real solid. Alex Silvani's looking like he's about to hit his prime. Jack Silvani, Charlie for the Kerno. love of God, stop calling him oh, Alex Silvani. For God's sake. <laughs> it's like when you call um, Logan McDonald, you call him Oscar McDonald, just like the obscure yeah. Carlton player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a nuffy. That's a bit of Freo bias right there. But um, Jack Silvani looks really good. Then you've got Charlie Kerno, who's. Not had a good run with injuries over the last few years, but he's always been hyped to be a really good forward. And to go along with that, Harry Mackay, the Coleman medalist, had eight goals between the three of them, starting to really work well as a as a forward line together. And you're hot on their midfield, aren't you, Jesse? They've got some good depth in. Yeah, absolutely. It's what they've been lacking. They've had, uh, you know, Cripps play a sole hand, and then when he was down on form, Walsh was playing a sole hand. So if a few of these guys are playing well at the same time, uh, you can't deny Carlton's ability. I think with the momentum swings, it, it, while Carlton are probably the biggest example of it at the moment, it may be a product of the 6-6-6 stuff as well because I think, you know, in years past, you'd, you'd throw a man behind the ball at, at the stoppage. Um, and now we're constantly seeing... Um, you know, six, six, six warnings because they, they can't. They have to play, um, you know, just the six defenders. And I wonder if uh, if that's playing into this, um, you know, this trend across the league that I've seen in the first three rounds of um, of teams just trading goal swings. So Collingwood and Geelong was a huge example of that. And, um, you know, St Kilda and Collingwood early this year. And I'm sure we, if we took time, we could find way more examples. Hawthorne looked good in parts again. Been really impressed with Jath off half back. Like once he gets three steps, he's gone. And he really drove Hawthorne back into that game to, from where they were from with a massive deficit. 
brought it close. He was absolutely gassed at the end. And Connor Nash, the Irishman, he's really took it, took it, took it a leap, taken a leap up this season. Um, his run's been really good, and he can kick at speed with such precision as well. Um, so he's been really impressive for me. Hawks take on St. Kilda this week. I'm going to be watching that one with a close eye. That's going to be a good contest. Colton, for being 3-0 for the first time in a bloody long time, playing some good footy. You are our winners of the week. Yeah. You don't usually clap for the winners of the week, but you're the winners. Absolutely. Just wanted to quickly touch on Brisbane, Jesse, because they are hot right now. They're looking like the premiership favourites by many. Many people are saying that. Just beat North Melbourne by 108 point cycles, nothing. This group that they have, they're just in a flow state, it seems, at the moment. Like, you just expect them to win every week. This midfield, it's so evenly balanced with Neil. Uh, you had Lions in there, McCluggage, Zorko. They're just chipping away every week, getting 25 touches. Their forwards are potent. McCarthy had four. Danaher had three. McStay had two. Charlie Cameron kicked two goals, six. So he had plenty of chances up there as well. But just a well-oiled machine up at Brisbane at the moment, Jesse. What do you make of the boys? Yeah, no doubt they're really picking up on the uh, on, on the tone that they've set in the last couple of years. Have been um, you know just a really consistent team. I think stability has helped them a lot as well. I think over the years their injury run's been pretty you know good. Um, you know mm-hmm. I don't think coaches are moving too much. They're not um, they're not losing players. Uh, which was a problem for them about 10 years ago. They've done a really good job of just like uh, remaining a really good team. And I think I predicted a Melbourne-Brisbane grand final um, at the start of the year. And maybe I did that last year too. I can't remember. But um, yeah, no, they, they've been uh, they've been really good and certainly as good as any team so far. They're looking right up there at the moment. I'm just checking who they've got this week. They have Geelong at GMHBA mm. Friday night. Winnable. So that'll be a juicy one. It's winnable. They nearly yeah. won that last year, if not for, um, you know, maybe a poor free kick decision. But uh, yeah, they, they could actually win that. Quickly touch on Collingwood versus Geelong as well, Jesse. This was a very entertaining game. Collingwood were exceeding expectations this year. Almost looked like they were going to beat Geelong. I think they were about seven goals up at one point. And they love it hot. They love the chaos the Pies, I've realised. And it's players like Dugowie, Josh Dacos, Crisp... Um, Ollie Henry's in there as well. They just love the chaos of it. They love the contested side when the ball's going their way, when it's down their end. They like to bring the pressure, force a turnover, and get the G lit up. But the bigger bodies of Geelong, the maturity shone through. Jeremy Cameron kicked five or six. I'm not sure if he kicked all of his goals, but I think he kicked five in the last quarter and turned the game on its head. And Collingwood were just gassed at that point. I think... Uh, their fitness, I don't know, it just looked like they ran out of fuel in the end there and Geelong steamed home comfortably in the end. It was a very entertaining game of football. What'd you make of it? <laughs> yeah, I, I loved the game. I, I live-streamed it and um, it was a pretty low-key stream until the last quarter a few people jumped on, but uh, the Pies look really good. I, I don't think there's uh, any doubting that they have the potential to be a really, really good team. Their, their pressure style is uh, is what makes them so good right now and I think that's ultimately what cost them and I, I think McRae might have even highlighted that, but they're playing such a high-intensity style that for you know three quarters, that's great and in the last quarter, they just could not stop um, Geelong when, when it mattered. And yeah, you yeah. right point out Geelong are a mature side who were likely to last longer throughout the game and the Pies have got a lot of young kids in that team so unsurprising result although deflating uh, I think a lot of neutrals were hoping the Pies would topple them. Jesse 
you're on 18 total tips. You got seven last round. I only got five. I'm having a stinker this year at tipping. You're uh, 13th place in my tipping comp out of 85. I'm 71st. So it's such a different really result exciting. to last year. Right? Last year, you were just like <laughs> killing me. And uh, so far, I'm, I'm going well. I think everyone did poorly in round two, but uh, I caught up a bit this week. I think I should just start tipping the team that I don't think will win, other than like the real obvious ones, and I'll probably get it right. That's let's go saying. through our... T- that's what I was saying last year as well. <laughs> Shout out Sefton Revere. I hope I'm saying that name right. 21 total tips. He's on top at the moment. Closely followed by Freo Memes. So get in there, real car. I reckon you can catch him. Jesse, Port versus Melbourne. Port is stinking it up at the moment. This is an easy tip for me. Melbourne to get it done, as they have done at Port many times in the past. I mean, yeah, you'd be brave to tip Port. But I, I think there's some upset potential. I mean, the, fo- football works in funny ways. This could be the sort of game where Port Adelaide just win unexpectedly. But I, yeah, of course I'm tipping Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> this could be an upset, but absolutely no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way I sound smart if it happens, but then ultimately don't put my balls on the line at all. <laughs> Analysis. All right, next game, Friday night. As I said, Geelong versus Brisbane at GMHBA. Yeah. Oh, this is a tricky one. I'm going to... Brisbane I the better side, t- we agree? At the moment? Uh, yeah, I can't tip against Brisbane. I originally tipped along, but I'm changing my tip to Brisbane. I've actually got the Cats here just because they're so hard to beat at GMHBA. Um, mm. And so I'm just leaning towards them. I think the footy tipping app says 53% tip Ge- uh, Geelong, and that's kind of the way I'm leaning as well. 53% yeah, okay. confident. <laughs> uh, Sydney versus North, easy. Clash Sydney. of the Titans. Yeah, definitely Sydney. <laughs> Uh, Collingwood versus West Coast at Marvel. Collingwood like gonna, the boys are going to get clapped. Yeah, Collingwood's going to annihilate us. <laughs> Can't wait to watch that. Uh, <laughs> Richmond versus Western Bulldogs at the MCG. Uh, the Dogs only with one win. Richmond also with one win. 12th mm. versus 11th. This Bulldogs is not a simple tip. This, I don't think this is simple. I think Richmond could win this. But surely, like, I think the Dogs haven't looked that poor. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I still, no, the dogs have looked good. They bat a lot deeper, despite, you know, not uh, having a great win-loss record just yet. But, yeah, I, I'm thinking the dogs. But, they're, again, another game where Richmond could just bob up and, and play like we can. We know that they can. Well, they had Melbourne the first week and Colton the second week. So, two of the hottest teams in football at the moment. Good point. And I don't think they, they've played poorly this season, the dogs. Like, they played really well against Sydney, who are obviously a good outfit. Mm. I reckon Bulldogs get the dub quite easily yeah, at the point. MTG. Yeah. Uh, Freo versus GWS Saturday night at Optus who have you got I've tipped the home side here I think Fremantle yeah, are hard okay. to beat in Perth uh, despite what St Kilda might say about that but uh, <laughs> no I, I just I just GWS have been disappointing for me to be honest I I, uh, I think they're capable of more I think you've made some good points it, it does swing on selection for me we talked about Darcy and Sarong if they're out I'm probably changing my tip but I'm, I'm going to tip yeah. the home side Freo I'm going to tip GWS like they look a lot better than we do I reckon at the moment, so uh, yeah, I reckon GWS will comfortably win that one. Fair enough. But hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. I really hope to be wrong. Sunday, Essendon versus Adelaide at Marvel. Essendon. Yeah, Essendon to get off the mark with this one. Hawthorne versus St Kilda at the MCG. I am hot on Hawthorne. This is going to be a good game, but I'm going to back the Hawks in. Could see St Kilda winning this as well. I'm going to pull the old U card. I'm going to tip Hawthorne, but I wouldn't be surprised if St Kilda won it. I'm quite surprised that 49% of people think St Kilda is going to win this game. I think Hawthorne will come to be better. The, the risk is that Hawthorne are a young side. So, um, you know, yeah. bad games can come from nowhere with these these kind of demographics. But uh, I think Hawthorne have been comfortably better. So I would tip Hawthorne. Okay. 
I like it. And then last game at Metricon, Gold Coast versus Carlton. Can't tip against Carlton, can ya? So we're going to tip Carlton. Yeah, I think Carlton in particular play well against Gold Coast. Uh, you know how some teams uh, struggle with the Suns more than others, like Sydney and uh, West Coast comes to mind. Uh, but Carlton have always been good against them, and uh, Carlton haven't been better than they are now for the last 10 years. So I'm going to say Carlton quite easily. And just like that, the Drew Footy Show is done for another week. Get down your comments off the round of football that just was, and I, I read them. So I appreciate all the comments. Like it. If you enjoy the video, subscribe if you're new. Jesse, any closing statements? Not really. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you next time. Take care. Go to manscaped.com. Drizzy's on here. Check out. Have a good one, you plonkers. And we'll see you at Metro's.